Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So good to be in God's presence, amen? amen. Is it good to be in God's presence, amen? amen? Come on. So good. Wow, it got so quiet. Okay, everybody breathe them in one more time. Just breathe them in. Oh, it was such a good word this morning. Such good worship. Let's just even now just commit our hearts. Commit our hearts. Lord, we commit our hearts right now to receive from you. We ask uh, for eyes to see and ears to hear what you're releasing, what you're doing, what you're doing here among us and our families and our local church and the community of believers that we call New Hope Community Church and then the whole wider body all over the world. Holy Spirit, we're part of something big. We're part of, we're part of a body. We're part of a family. Thank you for each and every member of the body of Christ, each part. So, Lord, we, we say, Holy Spirit, teach us, reveal yourself to us, take us deeper into your heart. It's always an honor to be in your presence, and we just declare our love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? I can honestly tell you, I'm, I'm really... I'm really I'm really filled, and I'm just, um, you prepare and you pray, and you prepare and you pray. I just want to go over a few simple things that are very powerful things. You know, Jesus is alive. Amen. So just get your head around that for a minute. He really is alive. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He rose from the dead. He walked among us at that time for 40 days, teaching about the kingdom of God, and then they watched him ascend into heaven, and then he was enthroned at the right hand of the Father. He is sitting, ruling, and reigning as the king of kings. He's not going to be a king someday. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And everything that was lost in the garden, he took back. Everything is being restored. It says that he is putting all of his enemies under his feet. Our job in co-partnering and being co-heirs, powerful sons and daughters, as we get to manifest heaven on earth, the kingdom of God is at hand now. And we get to demonstrate the kingdom of God on the earth, putting all of his enemies under his feet all over the world, all over the globe. It's not a finish. That's not done. What he did was done. Through the Son of God, through Jesus, the Son of God, we have a perfect union with the Father. We are no longer striving to be accepted by the Father. The veil has been torn. The Son did the fullness, the finished work. We now, through his blood, we have received forgiveness of sins. I want you to say, my sins have been forgiven. My sins have been forgiven. And we bow our knee. We responded. There's got to be a response to this good news called the gospel. And we bow our knee and we receive the Son. And forever we're reconciled to him, one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ, 
the Son of God, who is alive and conquered sin and death. And it says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive in us. And we are now a new creation. We've been made new. We've been made new, we've been made new, we've been made new. And now we get to walk empowered by the Spirit of God. I want you to know God has sons and daughters who have overcome, who are filled with his Spirit, who can now encounter his presence and thrive and live an abundant life. It's so good. It's so good everything he's done for us. We are seeking the more. We are wanting the more. So you guys know I, I love motorcycle riding. This happened to me on Monday. I was with a beautiful brother who never heard the expression, Were we want more. He'd never heard it. He's not baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you want to know what that, that is, it's, that's the more. Nine beautiful gifts of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being saturated with the Spirit of God, speaking in tongues being empowered by the Spirit of God to live a victorious life in Christ. And it's fun when you're with three dudes and you're all cruising motorcycles. So the first picture that came to my head was, could you imagine on planet Earth if there was one motorcycle? And it was a 450 Honda. And all over the planet, there were just 450 Hondas. And they were all the same color. It'd be the most boring motorcycle thing you ever experienced. It was the only motorcycle that was ever created or made. There was nothing else on the earth. And then all of a sudden, that's what we were taught. Or that's what they, he was taught. And all of a sudden, we went to a place. This place is called Sturgis in South Dakota. And it's the greatest motorcycle rally on the planet. And then all of a sudden, you saw your eyes were opened and your ears were opened. And you were like, there are thousands of different kinds of motorcycles. 1800s, trikes, this kind, that kind, Yamahas, Harleys, Hondas, Suzukis, Victories. There is a whole world, a new world. And he's looking at me, and I go, man, you've been riding a 450 Honda in the spirit your whole life. There's more. There's more. And he's coming alive, and he's like, there's more. So part of New, part of new Hope 2.0 is we're going after the more. We are going after the more. Steve and Joy have been doing a tremendous job of laying a foundation. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to stay on task because I feel like there's a neat progression here that God wants to release. We encounter God. I've had encounters with God this week. This, they're fresh encounters. God is alive. Jesus is alive. I can experience him. I can talk to him. On this journey with God, we get to experience God. We get to go deep into his heart. Let me tell you, God is still revealing himself to us. How many of you know that beautiful Psalm 4? He deep calls unto deep. Deep calls unto deep. We sing a song, and you call me deeper still into his love. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. 
The one who seeks is going to find, and the one who knocks the door will be open to you. Which of you, if you had a son, which of you, if your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a snake? And if you then, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? A lifestyle of going after the more is there is more for us to experience. There is more for us. There's more ground to take. There's greater things to build. There's more harvest to disciple. There's more lives to see healed and restored. And you know, sometimes the critics say no. Man, this, this critical spirit, this no, has been around a long time. Nehemiah trying to build all the naysayers and the no-sayers and the, the haters are going to hate. People love saying no. Don't let somebody in your past tell you no. I wrote, oh my. People tell me you can't experience God. You can't know his heart. I'm going to talk about an area here where you can't know his heart. People said, you, you know, you, you're making this whole thing up. You can't know his heart. John 15, 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, be very catchous. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that your joy may so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. He just said, keep his commands. He said, my command is this. In the new covenant lifestyle, there's one main command. We don't have the law no more. There's not a million commands. Jesus said, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down his life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, what does he want you to do? What was the command? Say it out loud. What was the command? Love one another another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. That's the command. You are my friends. um, I I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father... I have made known to you. Is that unbelievable? We are friends of God. We're not servants. We're not on the outside looking in. The veil has been torn. We have a perfect union with the Father through his Son. We can abide in his presence. His abode, the temple that we're singing about, we are now the abode. We're the presence filled. Do you not know that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not know that you're the temple of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? We can know him, John 17, 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We can know God. We can experience God. God is helping us to live like this. So here's a beautiful thing that I I knew the Lord had in preparation for this message, I wanted to go back and do a little refresher on something that we've learned 
And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to just release it again. Our whole lifestyle, seeing what he is doing and do it, and hear what he is saying and say it. John 12, 44, then Jesus cried out and said, he who believes in me believes not, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who, and he who sees me sees him who sent me. See the theme, the Father and the Son. You've seen the Father, you've seen the Son. John 5, verse 19, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does it in like manner. It's just a beautiful thing of a picture of the Father and the Son in perfect harmony. Jesus lived a life. He saw what the Father was doing, and he did it. He heard what the Father was saying. And you got to remember, Jesus radically disrupted culture when he came to earth. He, he, he rad, I mean, it was like they had been under this law for a long time, and they were used to this. You know, they hated that he healed a crippled guy that was in a, by the pool, right? 38 years, the dude was sitting there crippled. Jesus said, get up and walk, and they got mad at him. I mean, what kind of people get mad at, a guy, at that miracle? But they were stuck. They couldn't see the kingdom. They didn't know the king. And he was, he was radically radical. John 12, 44, then Jesus cried out and said, he who believes in me believes not in me, but him who sent me. And he who sees me. I just said that one, didn't I? John 14, I love this. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and you know the way. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would, if you, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. The Father who dwells in me does the work. John 14, 5. I just want to soak in some of these scriptures this morning. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. What was his command? Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. So if you're a son or daughter of a God, you can see him and you can know him. <clears throat> that's the point I want to make, that you are in the Father, the Father is in you, the Father and the Son. It is so vitally important, especially to where we're going, 
and what God is releasing. Because you need to know him, you need to see him, you need to hear his voice. But you know him. See, I do it one more time. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. How many have the Holy Spirit in them? Every hand should go up. If you're a believer, you've received Christ, you've bowed your knee, you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. So if you're a son or daughter, you see him and you know him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. He went. He ascended. The world didn't see him anymore, but you can see me. You can hear me. You can know me. And this is going to be big in a minute here. Because I live, you will live also. My wife and I were, were just having this amazing little time. We were talking about heaven. And it hits you when you meditate on things. We, we looked at each other and said, we're never going to die. Like, how cool is that we are not going to die? Amen. We're going to go from life to life. Can't imagine it. Don't know what it's going to be like. It's kind of one of these, like, whoa, far out trips, you know? Like, it's kind of like, really, right? It's kind of like, whoa, is that? I mean, you know, if we were in Colorado, we'd be like, whoa, is that, right? I mean, like, come on, it's like crazy. But we're not going to die. We're going to go, right, we're going we're gonna, to, he said, if you believe in me, you're not going to die. He's alive, we're alive, we're not going to die. We're going to go from life to life. Makes you sure not afraid of dying. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me, because we love the same way he loved us. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. I just wanted to say all that so there's a reality of an intimacy, an intimate relationship with God that is alive and vital. It's alive and vibrant. Steve loves that word vibrant. Remember, he gave us a definition. It's like this great word. Vibrant, supernatural, abundant life that we are now in relationship with God. It should manifest in goodness just all over the place. So New Hope 2.0 is the reality that we're going deeper into the heart of God. And we're, when we go deeper, when he takes us on a journey deep into his heart, he does it so that he's revealing things to us that he still wants to accomplish. Convergence meant that we're going to do this thing where Stephen has been talking about this, New Hope 2.0. We're looking pat in the past and we're looking to the future but we have a 40-year history of things that were foundations and pillars that were laid, and we're building on a good foundation. And, and you know, in all of our families, not all of it was good. There's no perfect family. There's no perfect history. If you don't know this about the United States of America, there's some things we wish we probably would have done differently. But there's a history, and there's a good foundation here. And we're building on it, and we're going deeper. And there's still things that the Lord has planned for us. He has a desire for his kids. 
His desire is to see a really vibrant, healthy church. So we've been talking about what we envision. What are we seeing? So I do want you to know that I just know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm honoring Steve and Joy and actually the whole leadership team at New Hope um, because what we're going after is we're going into the heart of God and saying, what are you revealing? Yeah. Father, what are you doing? What are you saying? We want to see what you're doing and we want to do it. We want to hear what you're saying and do it. And it's a beautiful thing to watch Steve and Joy as our leaders set the course for us and then a whole bunch of, the, Steve, we can't do it alone. Every single member is, is seen. And this is going to be a place that is going to be a vibrant place for life. It's not about updating a chandelier or a microphone or putting up a picture. All these things facilitate a family and a community that we can bring people in and we can enjoy God together and enjoy life together. It's not about the things. It's about the mission that we're trying to set forth. We're building on a good foundation. We're going higher. So fourth th- five things that Steve said that's happening through this new, uh, this new Hope 2.0 series is we are believing God for big things. And God is refining us, refocusing us, realigning us, repositioning us, and re-envisioning us as a corporate body for greater impact and greater benefits. The kingdom is advancing through us. So just a little snapshot, and I pray that you go on the website. Does anybody go on the website and listen to the messages? They're excellent. And we have a group that uh, listens to our messages. We're excited. I just looked, you know, I was this week on them. I love the upgrade. We did a beautiful upgrade in the presentation of even the messages. And I know Beth and Mary and the team work on that and the media team. But Steve hit on uh, several things. The first one was being a vibrant family, ever-increasing, multi-generational. Love that. Growing family. Growing family. Risk-taking and partnering with God. And last week, I did a New Covenant lifestyle. So before I go, I just want to uh, address something that we've been praying into. Sometimes you have to look at something and say, Lord, I want to break that off. And I want to release something. So it's kind of this idea of loose, bind, and loosen. I, I want to pray, so just shut your eyes with me. I want to pray for the heart of the evangelist. And we're not looking to two people to be an evangelist. We're looking for the heartbeat of God in you as an evangelist. And I break off anything in you that would think you could not invite a friend or a neighbor to this church. It was just something in my spirit that that this place would be so inviting that you'd have confidence in, in Lord Jesus. We say, we declare that we will have a heart that will invite our neighbors and our friends to this church to experience your presence. We believe it. There are seats that we want to see filled. There are lives we want to see touched. We have all have a sphere of influence, and I pray that you'd open our eyes and ears to say, hey, come on. Come. Invitation. So I do. I just pray we break off anything that would hinder that, and we... We, we loosen, we release the heart of the evangelist in us to say, come, 
partake, drink, invite friends. You don't have to be ashamed. We break off any shame associated with, with whatever is going on. I just knew in my heart I wanted to release that, so Lord, we release it now in Jesus' name. If you wouldn't mind, um, let's put the first picture up. How many of you know they say a picture is worth a thousand words? So am I too deep of a thinker when I say it, whenever that expression happens? They say me and want to, who's they? Well, why do we always say that? Who is they? They say eating a banana once a day is good for you. Who is they? But they say a picture is worth a thousand words, and I believe it. Mark, are we getting that up there, Brian? I want you to remember three pictures today. Because I'm the good words, words, a lot of words, but we're going to have images, pictures. And there's three things that I want you to remember that are coming soon, I hope, to a theater near you. <laughs> How many of you know this expression? Help me, because I didn't get a chance to look it up. But I think the expression is this it's not either or, it's both and. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So it's not either or. It's both and. I think sometimes we like to fight over, well, it's either or. No, it can be both and. New Hope Community Church can be a greenhouse and it can be an armory. It doesn't have to be one. It can be a safe haven, a safe place, a safe harbor, or, and it can be an armory. It's not either or. We've got to make a decision. Are we an armory or are we a safe haven? Are we a greenhouse are we a flood house? I want you to see something, though. What we envision, stay with me. What we envision is a vital family. What we envision is a multi-generational family. What we envision is an ever-increasing, growing family, right? It's not either or, it's both and. We want to see people living in a, in a new covenant lifestyle, not under bondage and law, free. So uh, the thing I'm bringing today is I want you to picture now, now you've got to use your imagination, on these screens, the most beautiful tropical harbor with boats in there, a dock. It's a safe harbor, okay? It's a safe haven. Safe harbor. And we can be confident, again, I'm going to say this a few times, we can be confident of inviting people into a safe place. We can be confident of inviting a, a person or people or a family to a place where people have been healed. This house is a place of healing. Now, I'm not going to reveal anybody's past or their problems, but I want you to know with all the sincerity of my heart that I have watched people walk through that door, come in to this place, and they were like two days from getting a divorce. And watching God and the Holy Spirit man himself, manifest himself through people and seeing marriages restored. Seeing people get healed emotionally, physically, spiritually. Physical healings. We want more. We want more. But we have watched people who have been broken, who have been burned out, tossed aside, come in through these doors and be restored and healed. So New Hope is a safe harbor, a place for healing, a place where people can come and be restored. 
I got this picture this week in preparation of what a safe harbor might look like for some of you, and even for some of your friends that you're going to invite. How many of you know when you kind of on a when you're hurting, you got to go through a detox. Sometimes you just got to go through a cleansing. We do that in our own physical bodies through diets. How many of you have ever gone through some type of detox? Physically, mentally, there's this book called Switch on Your Brain. It's a 21 detox of ways that you're thinking, things that you're taking into your body. So detox. People are going to come and they're going to get detoxed. They're going to get reprogrammed to what Jesus actually really looks like and what he actually feels about them. They're going to get healed, wholeness, body, soul, and spirit. They're going to experience renewal. You know how beautiful it is to see somebody come in broken, burnt out, and see them go through a renewal? Because think about it, when you go through a renewal, that means the, the fire, the ign- you're getting ignited back into the call of God on your life. You're getting repurposed, you're getting retooled. And then you're getting restored in the same process through renewal, and then you're going to get recommissioned. You're going to get recommissioned. A safe harbor is basically a safe place, a refuge. You know, it's a sanctuary. We have places where, you know, birds are protected in a sanctuary, a safe place, a safe haven. In a military conflict, even when there's military conflicts, sometimes they'll have a no-fly zone. It's a safe place. You can go to that place and you can get healed. You can be protected. A safe home, a safe house. Some people have come, and, uh, and there's many stories I could share, but I know that sometimes if you like the picture of a battleship, a battleship comes into harbor, and man, things got some dings and dangs on it. They've been out in battle. And they've been going after stuff, and they come in and they're all banged up, and the paint's chipping. And there's dings and dangs all over. And they come in and they get to rest. I know there's some people even here today who have been coming. It's okay to rest in the safe harbor. You don't have to get on the the activity wheel so quickly. If you're new, whatever your story is, come into the safe place, get refreshed, get retooled. Battleships need repair. How many times, you know, battleships are battleships they need en- and sometimes it depends on the severity, right? Sometimes a whole engine overhaul is needed. Sometimes just some paint, some prep, some fiberglass. How many love the picture of a battleship getting a complete new instrument panels? You know, there's, there's a 1942 model, and now they're going to go to ni- 2017. I mean, I don't know a lot about boats, but we're talking like the things up there spinning, and zone is not zone. What's it called? Uh, Radar and depth finders and sonar. And, but can you picture the new instrument panel? That's a renewing of our minds, understanding sonship, understanding our true identity. Three pictures I want you to remember about New Hope. Three pictures I want you to remember about New Hope 2.0, which you are a part of. You get to part. So watch this. This is the connection now. I'm going to jump ahead of myself. If New Hope is a safe place, what should you be? A safe place. So ask yourself, are you a safe harbor for others? Are you personally a safe harbor, a sanctuary, a refuge for others? Can people come to you? Do they trust you? Are you safe? 
So in all three things, I want you to take it out as yourself. There's got to be a takeaway here for you because the safe harbor, look at that picture. Dock, calm waters, safe harbor. I want you to picture the safe harbor. New instrument paddles, new way of thinking, new technology. So in each one, Father, I pray that you would reveal to us as we've gone deep into your heart, you've said, I want to have a people, I want to have a church community that's a safe harbor. For those in our community who have been hurt inside and outside of the church, Lord, we ask you to draw those in who are on the outside, who've been, been totally disappointed in life and the church. We don't have to perform. We don't have to make believe. They're going to come in and say, by the Spirit of God, this is a safe harbor. And I can come in and be restored and detox and be reprogrammed and recommissioned and live a vibrant life in the kingdom of God. That's a safe harbor. Okay, the next picture I want you to do. A picture speaks a thousand words, right? An armory. Look at this one. Remember, it's not either or, it's both and. How can you be a safe, how can you be a, a you know, like, like we're in the chair soaking up sun, resting, safe harbor. And then we, now we got this military theme. Right? The tanks. The armory. And here's what's neat about all three of these. I just want you to know this. We could pull out prophetic words I did not pull these out of a hat. All three of these words have been prophesied into our destiny, into our DNA, that we would be a safe harbor. We would be a safe harbor, and we are, and we're growing in that. There's more. And that we would be an armory. Now, armories are pretty cool. So obviously the most simple definition is it's a training place. It's an arsenal. We think of the military. It, it can store arms and ammunition. It's a, it's a place where supplies are kept, arms are kept. Military personnel are being trained. But here's the thing about New Hope that I see us growing in. It, it, it has always been part of the DNA. From the very beginning, through Gary and through his team, people moved here to get equipped. People moved here to know about the Bible. People moved here to get trained. That's why they came. It's one of the pillars, apostolic teaching, an armory, being equipped, being trained, being taught, discipleship, activating, commissioning, seeing people engaged in their destiny. You know what's so cool about an armory? So remember, the journey is you're going deep into the heart of God. And God is saying, I'm revealing this to you. I want this to be part of who you are. And, and, and we see sons and daughters, orphans now becoming sons and daughters, those who are broken becoming healed. In the armory is where transformation is going to happen. And how many of us are tired of intervention? <laughs> if the armory is doing their job, we do not, on a normal condition, well, uh, our norm should not be hand-to-hand -hand combat. In the armory, you learn how to take a bow, an arrow, and fly it. It shouldn't even get close to you. Declarations, training, equipping, identity. You should not be doing hand-to-hand -hand combat with the devil. 
in the armory, you're being trained. Intervention means pastors are working their tails off. I got to repair this marriage. I got to repair your finances. I got to repair this broken relationship. Uh, you're in debt up to your head. Um, what's another one? I thought there were three. Finances, marriages, relationships. Uh, there was another one. Uh, sickness and disease. Sickness and disease. We're always on the defense doing interventions. How about proactively in the armory equipping the saints to be healthy, to know how to prosper in life, to be successful in their marriage, be successful in relationships, forgive people, do the greatest command. It's not a list of 30 things to do. Love one another as I have loved you. It'll change your life. So in the armory, we see the saints maturing, being equipped, being discipled. I love this scripture in Romans 5.17. Jonathan's the first one that I saw expound on it that I just fell in love with it. But don't you love this idea that in the armory, in the discipleship, in the training, that we take somebody in now. How many of you are in the military? I got to share a picture with you guys on Facebook someday. It's, it's hysterical. You know, I, I graduated from high school 40 years ago, 1977, okay? My hair was, like, long. And honestly, when I look at the picture, I think it looks pretty dang good. I mean, I had a lot of hair. It was wavy and curly. Senior in high school. That September, Ralphie joins the military. You know what they do in the military, right? Perry, what do they do in the military? You're, they, they, you are bald. They take it all off. From that moment... I could never have long hair again. Nothing like short hair. But they take you as a recruit, and they put you through a process, and they train you, and you become a soldier. They take a group of people, and they give you a new identity, and you're trained and you're equipped. And I, I, I want to paint this picture in the armory. How about this? The saints of God get to reign in life with Christ. Romans 5.17, write it down if you want to read it later. Through Adam came a whole lot of mess. Through Christ came complete restoration and, via, and, and victory. So Romans 5.17, we get to reign in life. And it's part of the ar armory picture. We want to be proactive. We don't want to do interventions. There will be need for interventions, but we want to get them. We want a disciple of them. We want their wellness and health and teaching and training. We want to see the teachers teach. We want to release. Teachers need to teach. We don't want crumbling marriages, debt, and disease. So we have a safe haven. We have an armory. And the last one is a greenhouse. Every single picture has been prophesied over New Hope Community Church. And 2.0 is we're building on a good foundation. 2.0 is we're going after the more. We believe we have greater impact than we're even seeing. So we're calling forth that which we do not yet see. We're preparing, we're positioning ourselves for that which we do not see yet. Everything we've been doing is in preparation. Lord, we're here, we love you. We want to be a healthy greenhouse. Amen. I had a neat experience. I want to end on this. I got a few minutes. I can build on this just a little bit. Because I think we've been talking about a greenhouse. We haven't exhausted it. 
But I like it because I think it's probably the freshest one that we've been talking about, even over the last few years. So whatever you see in the greenhouse, that's a cool picture of a greenhouse, but you know, we, we got a greenhouse right down the road. I love gardens and greenhouses, and you know, like you said, you can walk into a greenhouse and you can smell the soil. You know, it's controlled atmosphere. The atmosphere has healthy air mixtures. Plants are healthy. Plants are being planted from seed. They're growing. They're bearing fruit. So there's a lot of great pictures of a healthy greenhouse. I like the fact that Jesus in John 15, 5 says he promised us that if we abide in him, remain in him, that we would bear good fruit all the days of our life. I love the picture of a tree that we see in Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Steve, didn't you share that same scripture? Okay, this picture, I could be talking an hour about this picture. But this, I want this to be my life. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Where's our confidence? It's in, is it in our website? No, we want a nice website, but it's not in the website. It's not in the carpet. It's okay to have nice things. But our confidence is in the Lord. <clears throat> And we, we, Ralph, will be like a tree planted by the waters and sends out its roots to the streams. It does not fear when heat comes. Come on, heat, give me your best shot. That manifested last Sunday at the Bills game. (laughs) I was sitting there baking in an oven like a big giant frying pan, 95 degrees on September 24th. Everybody, it was 75,000 people, no water, people passing out. Guess what I was doing? I didn't complain once. I did not fear when heat came. (laughs) And my leaves are always green. Your leaves are always green. I mean, you are a tree planted, heat comes, and you got green leaves. And how about this? It has no worries. How many people die because they're worrying all the time? It has no worries in a year of drought. You're going to have a year of drought. I'm good. My roots go deep. I'm going to bear fruit. It can get hot as it wants. My leaves are green. I mean, it's a fantastic picture. And it never, never fails to bear fruit. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. The greenhouse is an amazing picture. It's an amazing picture. We talk about the greenhouse and we will more. It's going to be developed more. But I want to end with this thought. I I just want you to know that we have prophetic words over this house of why not. Why not now? Believe. Do you not see what I am doing? Believe. Believe. Think bigger than you're believing. Think bigger. Take off limitations. These are words that we have in our hand that we're warring with. Take off limitations. Think big. Believe bigger. Do you not see what I am doing? And we're all like, okay, Lord, we're not really seeing it sometimes. 
Keep believing. Keep going after it. So here's an experience I had this week. How many of you know when you perform a wedding, it's a pretty big deal? Last night, I got to marry my nephew. He was born on my birthday. My sister, I have one sister, her oldest son. I got to marry my nephew last night. So here's what, here's, this is crazy. I don't want to get all crazy emotional. But all the preparation that goes into the wedding, the message, the wedding, the rehearsal dinner, everything, right? I got to marry Aaron and Perry. It was amazing. When you marry somebody, it's amazing. Then you're next to the groom and you see the bride. I don't know if there's anything more amazing. Now, I'm not even getting married. I'm there, though. I'm right there. I'm right there. I am there. And And here comes the bride. Then I go into this, not like, you know, I didn't lose my place of where I was. It wasn't a trance, I would say, but kind of like a, you know, Peter did have a trance where the sheet came in front of him. Remember? It was kind of, right? All of a sudden, you know, she is the bride, he is the groom, and all of a sudden, the bride is the church. And if you have love for the church, how do you not see a beautiful, spotless, blameless bride who's been being prepared by the groom? The bride is the church. Of, the, the bride is us, the church. And all of a sudden, in thinking about all the preparation in the greenhouse and the things I was meditating on, all of a sudden, the Lord said to me, Ralph, You've been wanting to break off limitations and think big and dream big and go after all this stuff. He said, what if the greenhouse, right in this moment of transition, he said, what if the greenhouse was actually heaven manifesting? Heaven manifesting with a group of people. Heaven. We pray, heaven, come Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. I mean, sounds too big, right? Because, you know, it's us, you know? We got problems. I got a limp. I got a wart. I got a pimple, you know? (laughs) We we get to demonstrate what heaven looks like on earth with each other. What's the greatest commandment? To love one another as he's loved us. We, we want more. Yes. So the greenhouse, and remember, all these apply to you. It's corporately, it's individually. I want to be a safe harbor. I want to be an armory. I'm, I've dedicated my life to being a lifelong learner. I'm still learning. I want to be, I want to manifest a greenhouse. I'm part of, I'm a plant part of a big greenhouse of people. And I want to manifest heaven. I want to manifest heaven. The bride of Christ, a beautiful, glorious church, gets to demonstrate what heaven looks like. So Father, I pray in Jesus' precious name that when we think of a greenhouse, we think of all the amazing things of health and vibrancy and fruit and planting and healthy, healthy soil and, and atmosphere and oxygen. And Lord, take us deeper into your heart because I felt like God was going deep into his heart in that moment. He was like, he was like, Ralph, I really do want to see heaven demonstrated on earth. It's just not a fancy book title or a theme. My heart is to see heaven displayed on earth. A group of people going after heaven on earth. What's that look like? Just stand with me, please. 
Father, we know this is big. We know this is a God-sized task. We've learned this over the years that anything, it has to be bigger than us. It has to be bigger than an individual. It has to be bigger than two individuals. It will require the whole body to be engaged and activated. Lord, I, I pray this over us. I pray this over our future, that what we're longing to see, and when heaven comes, when heaven's demonstrated, we tasted heaven today, enjoy leading worship. We tasted heaven and lives are transformed. I would dare say everything we do has one heart, and I'm, no, I'm speaking for myself here, but everything I do and I pray into is for a transformed life. It's for people's lives to be transformed so they get to reign in life, and they get to abide and thrive in the kingdom of God and they loved by a beautiful king named Jesus. And they're vibrant, and they're victory, and they're walking in health, and they're advancing the kingdom, and they're growing, and it's safe, and we're being equipped. And God, I pray for these three pictures, and we ask for the more. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more information on this or other resources, please go to newhopecom.org.